My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me for the very first time as a producer, we're trying him out, is Neil Thibodeau. How you doing, Neil? Doing excellent. You got to kiss the mic. You're the producer. I'm doing Get excellent. Get close on that thing. All right. Doing fantastic. Neil, let's find out about you. Um, first of all, you came into my class, and you uh, were in my class for like 12 weeks, right? And you were great. Thank you. And, uh, and you also mentioned that you'd been listening to the podcast for a long time, right? Yeah. I, uh, I really dig the... Uh, well, uh, this last year, my wife and I got a dog. <laughs> and so I started walking. And uh, so I ended up with about an hour a day that, uh, what am I going to do? And I, I've called basically everybody in my Rolodex. <laughs> and eventually, you know, people said, stop calling. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, this is maybe a, few, a little bit before I started taking your class and uh, discovered the podcast. And... I really feel like, yeah, the, the insight that you get from people in a casual uh, environment, I feel like, is, is very valuable to me. I've always been a student of film. You know, I've gone to several film schools. Uh, but uh, for me, I've, I feel like filmmaking and storytelling is something that you learn in layers. And you talk to people, and we're social creatures, and we talked about this before, that we're social creatures. And I feel like um, you can gain certain insight on your own, but the way that you really learn things is be surrounded by people who are good at what they do and... These are sort of like, oh, I get to listen to people who are succeeding in doing this stuff and um, listen to it uh, in a very casual setting, which is... Well, welcome to the podcast, um, and good luck with the producing. Don't screw it up, okay? Or you're, you're out of here. That's all I can say. No pressure. I see the thing moving. You see, I see, it. You see, I see the, little, the little peaks there on the screen? All right. We do have, um, I think this is going to be a really fun one for you, Neil, for, for your first one, because we do have two in- incredible writer-producers here who are experts in what they do. We have Charo Toledo, and we have Carlos Portugal. Hello. Welcome. I, Did I, I say your names right? Because like I heard yes. one interview where they called you Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> Is that right? Actually, it's Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> Portugal. Oh, I just like, if you could just talk to me for a while, Carlos. That's awesome. I'm just glad you didn't say charro because charro. that's really a Mexican cowboy. Ah, <laughs> no, you know, I don't even try to pronounce things. I'm terrible. So it's charro Toledo or Toledo? It's Toledo, but it's fine. It just... It's so pretty. Okay, so anyway, we, we've got these guys with us, and they are awesome. They just finished writing and producing the third season of the Emmy-nominated series East Los High for Hulu, and it is going to, uh, the third season is going to be premiering on July 15th on Hulu. Write that down right now, right now. Um, for Charo, she has written dozens of episodes for numerous television series, including the ABC long-running daytime series One Life to Live in Port Charles, as well as the Telemundo series Mas Vale Tarde Mas, bel- Mas Vale Tarde oh, uh-huh. God. Viva Vegas and Solo en America mm-hmm. Additionally, she has produced Camino a la Corona 
uh, slash Miss Universe. <laughs> is that right? Oh my God, this is like a, a test for me. And the 2011 Latin Billboard Awards. Uh, there's more stuff in Spanish. Darn it. <laughs> Yes, she's, she's produced for Mundo Fox and Estrella TV, as well as writing and performing her critically acclaimed semi-autobiographical play, The Princess Within. And, and currently, she is creating a one-hour show for Wise Entertainment for the Mexican market. You're no slacker, Charo. I just want to let you know. Carlos, let's see if you've done as much as Charo. Here we go. Uh, Carlos, (laughs) and I know that you have, is a writer, producer, and director who began his career at KQED, San Francisco's PBS station, where he produced the Emmy Award-winning documentary, Frito Kahlo, Portrait of an Artist. He's worked for ABC, NBC, Lifetime, Telemundo, Fox, and Fox Kids. He's also worked for three seasons as a staff writer on Tyler Perry's Meets the Browns and House of Pain for TBS Network. Carlos co-wrote and directed two independent movies, the award-winning East Side Story and Pop Star, a teen musical that premiered on Lifetime. I can can I just say right away with, with bios like this how thrilled I was that both of you showed up in my class the other the other week. It was fabulous. It was really nice to have such uh, accomplished students in class. Thank you so much for being there. Well, and I will say, Pilar, that I learned so much from being in your class. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was it was really because you know I've, I'm, I teach myself and I mentor, and uh, I'm, it's always about knowing more and, and learning. And I've been to a number of seminars and classes where I just walk away there, walk away saying, "Oh, I could have taught that." <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And when I walked out of yours, it's like, "Oh my God, I got to go home and go over all the handouts she gave me." Because there's so much, there was so much um, uh, knowledge that came out of your of that of that. I think it was what four hours, four or five hours. Yeah, yeah. The best four or five hours mm-hmm. you'll ever spend on a Sunday. Oh, how nice! <laughs> wow, that's good. Write that down. All yeah, right, cool. Loved it. Loved it. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. thank you guys. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about East Los High. Tell everybody about East Los High. It's it's wildly popular on Hulu. Um, Carlos uh, and Kathleen, his partner, they um, created the show. And what is amazing about that show, it's, it's written by Latinos. It is about Latino characters. Uh, and uh, Carlos has been great because it's been in front of the camera and behind the camera. Uh, they have allowed us um, to have a very unique voice, a very real voice, about what Latinos are going and it's teens. So it's human stories with Latino characters, and it's pretty fun and real to be in a room creating with other Latinos um, and writing stories about Latinos and trying to avoid stereotypes. But, you know. And I I was watching it, too. It doesn't, it's not shy about where it goes, right? We love sex. (laughs) (laughs) We love sex. We love controversy. We love, love, love to push the button. And usually... The stories we usually come up with are the ones that people say, oh, you can never do that. You know, it's like, oh, you want to bet? You know, and then the stories get written a lot of times. It's like, oh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do this in a teen show. It's like, well, yeah, because if you don't, if you don't put it in the show, maybe they'll, they'll hear about it someplace else. Where they won't have the wealth of um, research that we do and the wealth of having so, so many talented writers involved in, in the show. So I think it's always about that. 
you know. And I remember when I was when I was a teen watching those teen shows. I loved the ones that challenged me, mm-hmm. you know. And they weren't just about you know the cute boy and the pretty girl and all that. That there was there was a lot of a lot of other things going on. And that's what I always aspired to do. Always about topping myself with with coming up with some ideas that nobody has come up with before. And pushing the envelope, which I think is really important. Do you think that the issues on the show are specific to teenagers, or are are they specific? Are, are there some issues that are specific to Latin teenagers, Latino teenagers? Well, I always say um, when when I start every season is that the most important thing is to write universal stories. Mm-hmm. Because Universal Stories is like you can relate to people can can watch the show and go oh yeah I get I get it you know we've all had our heart broken we've all um, betrayed someone we've always wanted the love of a parent we you know all those things are so universal and I think it's really important to create a show that yeah all the writers are Latinos like Chato said and um, um, all the all the actors in the show are Latinos. And one thing I should say that really differentiates us from all the other shows is that we are a show that's in English. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think, you know, when you're doing a Latino show um, that you, you're doing a telenovela. Well, we're not. We're doing a show that's as mainstream as Scandal, as Gossip Girl, as Empire, as How to Get Away with Murder. That's, that's where we see ourselves, and that's how we present ourselves. So I just think it's really important to to um, to write universal stories. So that's where we always come from. Did you get any any? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, what I wanted to say is that they are universal stories. It's just the how sometimes mm. is is the Latin way, you mm. know. So it is it is about jealousy or domestic abuse or bisexuality. But instead of saying stop boo, it's like papi, perate no. So it is just a little bit. Um, it's just a. a, a character but the the core of it always goes down to anger and jealousy and love and longing and you know betrayal and cheating and all that kind of stuff that um that we all feel and i I feel like we all have a teenager in inside i think every good writer has a teenager inside which is insecure and um, paranoid and self-obsessed, and um, and feels the world will end. And well, that's silence. every writer I know. Oh, so. sure. <laughs> that's, so. that's not just the teenager. <laughs> Absolutely. But we do it through, you know, the teenage uh, experience. But uh, anyway, that's that's how I I feel that that it's what it's important in this show that we go raw with, with those with those emotions. Uh, also, you're giving jobs to Latino actors who must be incredibly happy about that ain't that nice yeah. yeah yeah and also showing that you can have an all latino cast and there will be a wide audience that comes to it was there initially any pushback when you were developing the show um no because we we did it very it was an interesting way how it came about it was funded the first season was funded by a nonprofit organization so we did it independently we did it independently of uh, studios we did it independently of networks and so we had, a, we had the freedom to, to write the show we wanted to write, to produce the show we wanted to write, to direct the show we wanted to direct. And, of course, with that came the fact that there was very little money. So, for example, the first season, uh, we did it, there were no guilds in the first season. Like, we did it outside of the Writers Guild, the Directors Guild, the Producers Guild. The only um, guild that we had in season one was, the, uh, was SAG, Screen Actors Guild. That's the one guild we work with. So, um, so it, it was. We had we had a lot more freedom because of that. So, as far as pushback, 
Um, no, and actually I have to say that the first season I was actually pushed to do things that I wouldn't even consider doing because, you know, I've been in the network world for years and there's just certain things that you don't do in a TV show. And uh, these nonprofit organizations were like, well, if you're going to talk about that, you, you should go there. And I was like, okay. You know, but I, but, but so, so it, it was very liberating, I will say that. Yeah. And, uh, and then how did Hulu find you guys? Um, well, when we when we finished the sh- when we finished uh, season one of East Los High, um, we we had we had twenty four half hour shows produced that that were ready pretty much for air, and we started taking them around and showing them to different networks, and we 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 had we got interest right away from a number of networks, but we just love Hulu, and because we we got a, we we sense that they got us, and uh, we've been that was. A very very smart decision to be with them. They've been extremely supportive. Um, they don't back away from controversy, you know. And um, I have to say, as the showrunner of the show, um, it's always they're, they're extremely extremely supportive of my vision, which is you know, which sometimes can be difficult, you know, when you're dealing with a network. And and I've, from my experience, is that sometimes you go in to do a show and everybody has a different idea of what the show really is. And I have to say that in this case, everybody knows the show that they're doing. So tell me about the writer's room. How does your writer's room work? Um, the, it, it's an interesting. There's a, we get a Bible. Kathleen and, and Carlos uh, provide a Bible for the whole series. And then we break that down in um, episodes, into episodes, uh, A, B, C storylines, pretty much, because it is 22 minutes. So it is... Um, you know, you don't have all that time. And of course we always have more story than we did. And then we have a very peculiar process where we just, (laughs) well, we, 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 we create ABC storylines. We write a set, first set of scripts, and then we read them all, and then we start all over again. <laughs> but I think that's part of the creative process. I don't think you can, I don't think you can cite. That's part of how creativity works. You write something, you think it's fantastic, you think it's great, and then you sit back, and on paper it looked great, but. It, it's it's missing, or it's too loaded, or it's fuzzy, or um, sometimes when you try to put too much in, it just gets diffused, and you don't get the whole effect until you read the twelve episodes and you sit back. So, it, to anybody out there who's who's saying, "Well, in paper it looked perfect, and how come it's not working?" That's part of the process that becomes that other gut feeling of is I'm not feeling it, you know, even though the brain perfectly outlined it the body is not feeling it and then you just have to start throwing out and you have to let go and and that's hard oh i love that moment oh i love that joke oh i love hey it's not working let it go let it go (laughs) and i think that carlos is like you know this oracle master person looking at everything and and then I'm out there in the board doing things, and people are pitching. And, and I, what I loved about working with Carlos in that room is that there's complete freedom. Like, I can say the most outrageous thing, and then, you know, and he kissed her, and then he kissed him, and then he this and this and that. And it sounds outrageous, but that's what encourages the room and the conversation. And, and maybe my crazy idea is not going to make it on the page, but maybe a combination and an adaptation and an editing of that idea brings something else that is more exciting. And that's what I love about working in the room. So, and so it's an encouraging to... to Go for the extreme to go for yes. for over the top if you want to because you can always I am rein the, it in exactly I am the queen of over the top. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what was the most over the top idea that you 
had, Charo. <laughs> I, what, aliens? Like, not aliens from Mexico, but aliens from another planet coming <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... I mean, no, I always do, like... Oh, yeah. oh there was a, a scene uh, that I... That's the thing, like, I, I don't have any filter, so... Mm-hmm. We were trying... Uh, we talk about everything, and, and, and it's like there's no censorship. And I think the thing that I love about Chato is that a lot of writers come in, and, 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 and I guess this is a lesson for all of us, and I, God knows I used to do it when I, was, when I was starting out, is that when you come into a writer's room, it can be a very intimidating place, you know? And um, I, I sense that a lot of writers come in, and, and only intimidating, because I don't think I'm, an, I'm, I'm, an, I'm not an intimidating person, but the thing is that I have all this experience of having done, well, by now I've done 48 episodes of the, of the show, so when a new writer comes in, of course they're going to be a little bit intimidated, because it's like this person knows the world, like inside out, so new writers come in with like that sense of, in, like, oh, if I say something, it might not sound right, and all that, well, Chato doesn't, can I say shit? <laughs> Oh, you just did. <laughs> well, she doesn't give a, you know. She comes in and she's just like creative and forceful and smart and passionate. And that's the thing I love, you know, is I love when writers come in and they're passionate about their ideas. And she is. And that's why, that's one of the many reasons we work so well together. Because we, what we believe in, we will believe in and we'll fight for it. And she will fight me on things. And I love that, you know. <laughs> You know, well, because you know, there's always a straight line, and then there's always another yeah. way, another mm-hmm. like reverse it. And even mm-hmm. though it seems outrageous, that might be, and that's one of the things that I learned with you actually mm-hmm. uh, in one one of the classes that I had taken in your other location. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was like, okay, let's write the scene, but let's switch roles, let's switch mm-hmm. genders, let's mm-hmm. uh, let, you know, the, you, you had an example of the, everybody in the room, their mother died, but nobody talks about death. Like do it or do it through actions, and and do it, and that's. I learned from you and so I, I just got to give you the props where it's in it because people are in the room saying well how Char how did you do that I'm like oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that makes me I'm very very glad about that that's, yeah. that's cool yeah. um, how do you guys find your staff what, who, do, where, who do you reach out to how do they come to you and what, what also do you look for in their pages you're talking about the writers, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm a, I, I've been a big believer in hiring as, as, as many Latinos as possible because, you know, we're probably like 20% of, of, the, of, the, of the country are Latinos. And if you look at the number of writers in the Writers Guild who are Latinos, it's less than 2%. Hmm. And if you look at the number of directors in the Directors Guild who are directors, I think it's under 2%. So I feel that it's... One of my jobs is to empower those people and, and give them a, you know, bring them in and try to work with as many of them as possible. So um, I always look for that, you know. And because also, face it, uh, I'm a man and I'm writing a show that at the end of the day is a show about young girls, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, even though it, we have very strong male characters, the show is, is female driven. And, and you can tell that by the number of shirtless males in the show. There are many. I would recommend watching well, the show. Well, not just because there's women, but there's gay men like myself making sure of that. <laughs> hey, I know what I like, you know, and I think, and I think it's like if I know what I like, I know what people like too, uh-huh. you know, and yeah. and, um, and and you know what? Why, yeah, why not objectify men a little bit? It's, women get objectified all the time, you know. So mm-hmm. we, we're a show that we kind of go against the grain, hmm. yeah. you know. And I'm like, uh, and I tell my girls, the, the actresses, I go, you know, stare at his body. And they're like, wow, really? I go, yeah. 
you know, men stare at your bodies all the time. Then they stare at your boobs. Go, yeah, I don't like it. So it's like, well, okay, well, let's, let's give them a taste of their own medicine, right? So, um, so I, I look for, I, I need, but I do need the female voice in the room. That's mm-hmm. really important for me to have because, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I will come up with th- things sometimes that, that, you know, like chatter or other female writers will say, well, I don't know if I would say that. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I need that. I need to hear that, you know? So I, I think it's important to have that. And then to also have, uh, where, where it gets tricky is finding um, Latino writers who understand character, who understand structure, mm-hmm. who understand storytelling, because, face it, um, because you're a playwright doesn't make you a TV writer. And because you've written a, a book doesn't make you a TV writer. It's a very different part of the brain. So are you looking for then how writers turn story? Is that, is that important? Because like, you said... I mean, I would imagine a playwright and a, and, and a novelist mm. might be good with craft, but you're looking for what's the turn that makes it a TV show, Somebody right? who can come in and break story mm-hmm. is super, super important because, uh, and I'm sorry, I, I don't want to confuse things here, but I will back it up a second. When Chara was saying that, um, that Kathleen Bedoya, who, who she and I cre- uh, created the show together, and we create a Bible. Mm-hmm. Do, do we need to explain what a Bible is to well, your you know audience? What? Your version of a Bible, yes, because it, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny. Everybody who has a show tends to have sort of a different definition of yeah. it or, or their expectations for yeah. it. Well, for, for what a Bible is to us, uh, uh, Kathleen and I create a document, maybe 30 to 40 pages, where we lay out the stories of the season and we lay it out in, in as far as where it starts, where the season starts, where the season ends. So we've written like a, a, at the end of the day what we call like a novella. Mm-hmm. Because we want people to read it and be entertained by it. Oh, so even entertained by the writing in the Bible. Very important. Wow. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times you get a lot of people who will read these things. Mm-hmm. And if it's not entertaining, if you give them the nuts and bolts of the stories, they might lose some of the interest. So one, one thing that Kathleen does really well, that I'm not good at this, but she is. She's really good at writing prose. So she writes it very much like a, like a novella, mm-hmm. you know, like a very like beautiful... Like a with, short story with right. three different chapters yeah, or something, yeah, according to character. Pretty much. And mm-hmm. then we take that and we take it into the writer's room. Now, she, she lives in New York, so she and I work, you know, I, I live in L.A., she lives in New York, we talk on the phone, we write it together, and then we submit that to the network and to the producers, we get the approvals, and then I'm ready to go as the head writer into the writer's room in Los Angeles with six to seven writers and taking this Bible and turning them into outlines. And that's a pain. <laughs> and it changes. It changes it's a lot. It's a pain because you're going from what I said, the novella, the short story, to something that's structure and that has a beginning, a middle, and end times 12. So, so in something that's written in prose, it would capture the idea of where you're going, but it doesn't necessarily break it down into acts no. or there may, be, there may be whole chunks missing, right? Correct. And it's, it basically gives you an idea of the arc, of the overall arc of the character where it begins and where it ends overall. Mm-hmm. You know, how that and how that connects with the other characters loosely. The, basically that the three main characters are three big storylines. And then in the room, then you start finding, wait a minute, then you start have to deal with time. Hello. Uh. Which is, that's going to dictate oh, when is this happening? What is this happening? Calendar comes out, like, oh, wait a minute, you can't. So then that's where all that logistic, it's like a like chess, you know, a puzzle. Oh, you have this, okay, well, and, and then you start integrating all these concepts. I learned, you know, soap opera, daytime writing and all that, which is, you know, how do you, uh, do you waterfall after, you know, uh, how, do you, how do you create 
big cliffhangers after each act to make sure that people are going to come back? How do you thread all these stories so some are resolved and some are left hanging for the next? I mean, it's yeah. like, you, you mentioned cliff, cliffhangers, <laughs> threading. The, both of those things, I, I understand. Waterfall, that's, a, that's something I've never heard before. Tell me about that. Yeah, just a waterfall is basically, it's like when you, you, you end up an act and you cliffhang, do you start immediately on that same story so you waterfall into it? So say, I mean, it's just this, silly concepts that i mean i learned at daytime but you know it's true like you know the fourth the first act the scene four so that theme follows uh act two scene one so that's a waterfall got it got it i I wish everybody could see chara right now talking with her hands you're you're as guilty of it as i am but like how could you talk without moving your hands right i can't i have the same the same thing god um so so this outlining process um do you guys have uh, a, a sh- sort of a tactic that you use? Like, what do you want to see in an outline? It's something I've been telling my students, for example, is make sure in the outline it's the sort of the goal of the scene and the emotional or physical effect of that scene. You know, somebody wants something going in, this is what happens, and they leave it mm-hmm. feeling a certain way, or there's some kind of physical ramification. That's all mm-hmm. I know to, to mm-hmm. put in there for the outline. Is there anything else, anything that's missing, or, or do you guys do it a different way? Um, I think for me, honestly, it's trial and error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I direct these episodes, I'm also, from a director's point of view, I'm thinking of how I'm going to tell the story visually. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the, mis- um, the things that I've noticed with a lot of writers who direct, who direct not their own material, because it's not my own material, but material that you've been involved with, is that the, 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 um, the, the shows that they direct turn to be very talking heads. And I'm always about how am I going to tell this story in a more visual way. So I'm think- that's one of the many things I'm thinking about. Um, I'm also um, always looking for drama that's going to play throughout the season, but drama that's, that you can ground in every episode. So you learn something new about every character, a little bit, from the characters in every episode or an attraction that you didn't know existed or a rivalry or something that, that and that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's going to keep you watching. And, and I'm, I'm a sucker. I love, 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 love cliffhangers. <laughs> I love cliffhangers. I just showed my partner the, um, the, the first episode of um, season three because I had the final completed show and I, was, I showed it to him. And at the end, he was screaming. He's like, what happens next? <laughs> I'm like, yes, that's what I want. You know, I want people to watch because, you know, when, we, when um, like Pilar was saying, the show airs on Hulu. And what, what the great thing about this is, what, um, is they put them all up at the same time. All 12 episodes are going to go up, and uh, for season three, will go up on July 15th. All 12 of them will go up at the same time. And what we've found out is that there's a lot of people who will watch all 12 episodes. Oh, sure, binge-watching, right? <laughs> Thank my you. favorite That's the, uh, occupation. Uh-huh. Because we create them with these real good cliffhangers, so you have got to go to the next episode. And that, to me, is... is, is um, and, and, I mean, now that we're, we're talking about the nuts and bolts, a lot of times what I work with the writers is like, okay, what's the end of the episode? Mm-hmm. What's the final scene? So then we can figure out how to work towards that. Rather than saying, oh, well, we're going to land on a picnic. No, we're going to land when this girl grabs a knife and goes to stab her husband. What would get her there? So, yeah. so you need those, those so, beats in the, in the episodes to get you there. And I wanted to add something in terms of the craft. Um, like, so we usually do, what, four acts. And four usually acts. Mm-hmm. four scenes per act. 
Well, yeah, yeah, four to seven. Uh-huh. Four to seven. Mm-hmm. And then when we're trying to figure some things out, what we'll do is we'll just do a document, say episode 101, uh, A story, B story, C story, up front, so everybody knows mm-hmm. where we're at, and then act one, and then we'll do like a log line per scene. Cool. So then we know what we have to get through the scene. Mm. Then we look at that last scene of each Mm -hmm. and make sure it builds to the last scene on Act 4. Great. So so that, but having a little log line for each scene, then you know where people are at. And then we, of course, do color coordinating. We do cards. We do pink cards, yellow cards, you know, to make sure, oh, yeah, where is, because you have to be, you know, tracking the character journey and the story journey. Excellent. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. Everybody go write that down. <laughs> Steal. Come on. Um, I want to ask you guys about your individual projects because that's what's so cool about about the two of you. You work together, but you also have your own separate projects. Mm-hmm. Um, Charo, tell me a little bit about what you're what you're working on right now. Um, I went to an explore I went to Colombia on an exploratory trip to come up with a reality show because I work in both the Spanish and the American market and um, and that's a show that I'm coming up with about air pilots that um, pilot DC-3 planes in Colombia and go into the Amazon and the dangers and everything that happens there so it was just wow. wild and uh, I love Colombia. I've never been. I was completely scared out of my mind because of, you know, <laughs> Well, what history. you hear in the news. Yeah, you always yeah. hear, you you always know, hear the worst course. things. And never yeah. go to Wikipedia to find out tips mm-hmm. in Colombia. Because they'll tell you, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a problem, don't go to the police. They're corrupt. Don't get into a taxi. You'll get kidnapped. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I was petrified. But it was one of the most incredible experiences. So I'm kind of in negotiations with that. That's one. And then I'm writing a couple of specs. And one of them that I started developing in your class. Oh, cool. Because so, uh, I worked for five years for the Department of Justice, so I'm trying to uh, do a one-hour. And I've never jumped into one hour, and it is very scary. It's a one-hour procedural, and I've never done that. We've, we've done the half-hour half um, team. But this this is a, a whole other nut to crack, and it's kind of scary, but, you know... Um, the same principles apply. It's just more complicated. Am I going to get to look at it? Of course. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And I'll be saving my ransom money. Just letting you know, just in case we get a little, you know. Carlos, what about you? What are you up to? Well, what I, just to comment on what Chad was saying about the one hour thing, it's like, it's interesting because I, I try not to intimidate myself about that when I'm, when, when I'm thinking about writing shows. And I will give you an example. When we first wrote East Los High, the first season, there were going to be um, interstitials. There were going to be five-minute um, shows, uh, five-minute um, episodes that we're going to be producing for the web. Mm. And then after all the work we did and everything, I'm like, well, hell, if I'm going to do this, just this five-minute interstitials for the web, I'm going to take these things and turn them into half-hour and we had 90 of those five... I don't think... You weren't with us in that, the first season. I did a You're consulting, consulting, yeah. Consulting. But, but I thought, oh, man, this is going to be like the hardest thing in the world. We did it in one week. So what, what, the only reason I'm saying this is because I, don't, I encourage everyone not to be scared by the fact that you're going from half hour to one hour. It's drama is drama, and good story, storytelling is good storytelling. And when we took those 90 five minutes mini episodes and turn them into 24 half hour shows 
that was the easiest thing in the world because guess what? Every five-minute um, uh, uh, segment was really an act, hmm. you know? So to me, it's, it's all about the, the, the drama and the conflict you create for, 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 the, for the characters. You know, you create these characters. So that's, I wanted to say that. And then as far as what I'm doing, uh, what I'm doing next, I am, I'm writing a one-hour um, um, pilot, a spec pilot. And one thing that I've, that I've seen, and, and, you know, listen, I've been, I've been in L.A. For, for over 15 years. And when I first got to L.A., everybody's saying, oh, Latinos are hot, Latinos are hot. Man, if I hear that one more time, I'm going to puke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Latinos are hot. Oh, shut up. And Meaning something. in terms of how popular. Or they're, they're just like sexy and happening yeah. and everything is about Latinos right now. That was what was, people were saying 15 years ago. And then nothing happened. Mm. Ricky Martin came and went. Shakira mm-hmm. came and went. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were no, no network shows for, for Latinos that came out of all of that. But now I'm seeing that that's changing, you know? And now you're seeing shows like like Scandal, shows like... Um, Jane the Virgin. Jane the Virgin, How to mm-hmm. Get Away with Murder, of course, Empire. All these shows that have leads who are minorities. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're hits. They're huge hits. So I'm saying... Um, and my thinking is like, well, maybe, maybe there's time for, for a big network show starring Latinos. Great. And you guys are helping change the landscape with your show. Yeah. 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 So if we could if we could place it in a high school, why not place it in a boardroom or why not place it in, in some some I was gonna say a nightclub, but that's power. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want fifty cent coming over and beating my ass because he's already threatened some other people. So. <laughs> yeah, and we can't help you. Huh? All my ransom money is going to Charo. So he's a big guy, believe oh, me. Okay. I'm scared of him. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is I'm seeing the landscape changing. I, I, and, see I, mean, and, I mean, yeah. you know, I started, everybody, sometimes you, I ended up in writing because I was an actress and there were no parts for me. So, you know, everybody has a reason why mm. they're where they're at. And 15 years ago, the, the parts of Esau's High did not exist. They did not exist. And that mm. was one of the reasons why I said, wait a minute, this is, I'm never going to be the maid. I'm like almost mm. six feet tall. You know, I'm like, I'm never, it's just not going to happen. Mm. And so, uh, that, in a way, that kind of obstacle ended up becoming a vehicle for me and, and for a lot of my friends to write, to then be able to offer the young Latinos an opportunity. Create the roles. Mm-hmm. To, to have the roles. Excellent. So, yeah. it's, it, that, so in that way, like, in terms of karma or in terms of good mm-hmm. energy, it's, it's really satisfying. It's like a circle has been completed. You know, and that's pretty awesome. Wonderful. I think it's awesome, too. Guys, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You have been so helpful. So so much information has come out. My goodness. Neil, how do you feel? Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> All right. Overall, do you think you got through it okay? Uh, the thing is still going. It's still, we still have the little, <laughs> the little, the little, going. little thing on screen? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure. Um, Neil, if, uh, if people want to tweet you and send you a, an attaboy, keep at it, good luck, uh, can they do that? Do you, are you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, N. Thibodeau, N-T-H-I-B as in boy, E-D as in dog, E-A-U. Okay, N. Thibodeau. Okay, everybody, uh, everybody send inc- encouraging tweets <laughs> to Neil. Um, for you guys, for Carlos and Charo, first of all, of course, we know where we want to send everybody, and that is to Hulu on July 15th. Um, I know you can't give away what's in the next mm. season, but will there be more guys taking off their shirts? 
more. Oh, yes. all right. <laughs> you have to watch this then. My goodness. My goodness. Where else uh, can people look you up? Is there a website, Twitter? What would you like to point people toward? Um, <laughs> no? EastLostHigh.com. <laughs> EastLostHigh.com. Okay. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Thank you very much, you guys. I want to remind everybody, go to onthepage.tv. If you want to take the uh, the TV class that... Do it. <laughs> yes. Come on. We have yeah. really big shot producers taking yeah. this TV mm-hmm. class. Yes. Um, so it is uh, at the studio June 28th, Sunday. It will be from 10 to 4. And yes, we are going to start filming it so that everybody listening can watch it as well. It won't be live streaming, but we are going to be taping it. Wow. Excellent. Please <laughs> do it because it's, it's great. She's incredibly yeah. efficient and clear and you'll, you'll get out of here with an idea, a concept, mm-hmm. a logline for the pilot, a logline for the show and on your way with on how to develop it. So please, I, I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Wow. I'll slip you your 50 bucks later. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you again to Carlos and Charo and to our new producer, Neil. Thank you, guys. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. And Neil, do you want to say it? Uh, Have a good writing week. Have a good writing week. No, no, no. (laughs) With your your Neil voice. Uh, Everybody, please have a good writing week. Excellent. (laughs) I'm going to cut out that. (laughs) 